0: sit right on the baseline. The big fella from New Zealand. When we cut him off baseline,
1: he started walking in air. All right, welcome on into the Baseline Podcast. Uh, Thanks to everyone who's been tuning in and supporting us. Um, Great to be here. Again, my name is Lyndon, and I'm excited to be kicking off the women's hoops content today um with coach sam funnel from Swoosh training in taranaki so sam how you going
0: hey um awesome to be on yep so obviously i go by samara but people usually call me sam or coach sam but really grateful to be on the podcast it's my first time doing something like this like i said earlier so yeah really looking forward to it all right awesome well we're excited to have you on and uh have a i
1: think it's gonna be a really great chat so just in a kind of kick off for those of those for those of people who don't know you. Uh would you mind just talking a little bit about yourself and how you got into basketball?
0: Yeah, sure. So, um obviously I'm from New Zealand. So, I grew up in Gisborne, which is on the east coast. I spent most of my life there. Went to high school there and to be quite honest with you, I actually started basketball kind of late in my life. Like I played mini ball when I was little. But for me, basketball really kicked off when I was in my high school years. So in year 10, I believe I picked it up. Um, I had a really, really great coach there who uh, designed his own club outside of our school and rec basketball, which was quite unique at the time. People weren't really doing that back then. Um, this was in 2000 and I'd say six or five maybe. Um, yeah, so that really just kickstarted my love for the game. I grew up playing basketball after that. Yeah. Um, Yeah, kind of things just went all over the place for me. So I ended up in Australia, um, which was cool. I didn't really enjoy it, although I enjoyed the basketball side of things when I first moved. I played Division Two there in Adelaide. And from there, I decided that I would move back to New Zealand to finish some schooling that I hadn't yet completed. Um, After that, I continued to play basketball, which was really, really cool. And then I ended up back in Australia again. So I've actually spent in total probably about seven and a half years in Australia, um, having recently just moved back in 2019. So here I am now in Taranaki. Um, I actually quit my job in Australia to p- pursue a basketball career in coaching, and yeah, here I am, full time, full time basketball coach. So yeah, just really a small town girl, um, happy go lucky, love basketball, love helping other people, and. I'm really, really lucky enough to be doing basketball as a career.
1: And that's awesome. I know people in New Zealand are super excited that you're back and it's great to have you, you know, in the coaching scene because there are so many, you know, coaches really are a big part of the game, especially for getting the girls involved too. Um, yeah. And on the boys' side as well. So ha- I know having you is back is a real gift. Um, and so I guess want to jump off, time on a tangent a little bit. is When you said, you know, you quit your job, to come to be back in basketball full time, um, as I know there, for so many times in this country where you have to be working a separate job on the side while you're also doing this and trying to give it your all. So I guess how was that? you know, kind of doing that for you, um, leaving that to come tum- to come into basketball.
0: Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> when I was in Australia, I was working full time in a normal, well, normal job, um, but it wasn't really enough for me in terms of fulfillment. So I decided to take up coaching on the side and I actually coached for a few clubs in Sydney and New South Wales, which I was really, really fortunate to do, which helped uh, develop the early stages of my basketball coaching. Um, And then I thought, hey, like I really, really, really enjoy this. Um, At the time, it wasn't sustainable for me to just be doing that or to be doing both. It was too many hours. So I got in touch with a few people in New Zealand and I was like, hey, could this work? If I were to move back, is there a possibility that I could, you know, take on basketball coaching as a career? And obviously, I'm sure you're aware, it's not the most well-paid position in any any field. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I think I've just been really, really lucky to have people, family and friends to support me through the early stages. I don't think it would be possible to do it without having the opportunity to, for example, live with other people and share the cost for rent, et cetera, et cetera. But I would just recommend for people that want to do it, something that I've done is not just go all in on just basketball. I mean, that is my number one priority. It's what I spend 95% of my time doing. But I also do a bit of like uh, digital marketing, social media, photography, um, which also encompasses the basketball industry anyway. You need to be good at those things. So, yeah, um, yeah, I guess that's kind of it. I hope that answers your question
1: yeah no that was that was perfect and i think too it just kind of shows the importance of mentorship a um and yeah. having people get the support system and it takes a village to help build people like you up um and yeah. so did you have any you know specific coaches or or mentors here and or in australia that um, you looked up to
0: and that helped you through yep so one of the main coaches for me in australia was a dude called merv tate and he's actually a kiwi guy um Really, really awesome figure in my life, um, provided me many opportunities to play. Um, also, gave me opportunities to come and help with programs and sessions and things like that throughout the time I was living in Australia. Um, he actually took me on a tour to New Zealand. So, that was quite a weird dynamic for me because I was touring New Zealand as an Australian, but I was a Kiwi. So, that was quite cool. Um, yeah, he kind of just gave me like the nitty gritty side of basketballs, like the commitment side, the yeah, the real, like, hardcore stuff, which was really, really cool for me. Um In New Zealand, I'd say I've had a few um, mentors. One that's really, really helped me was the one that introduced me to basketball in Gisborne, and his name is Ray Noble. Um, so a really, really big figure on the East Coast. A lot of people know him there. Yeah, he's just been awesome. He ignited my love for the game, so I owe a lot to him. And then, yeah, just multiple, multiple people. Like, here in Taranaki, I've been lucky enough to... Um, have Joe, who actually is the founder of Swoosh Training, so he's been amazing. Um, the Franklin Bulls, believe it or not, and Franklin Basketball Association have helped me tremendously. Um, every Absolutely. time I go to Auckland, they offer me opportunities to coach, to learn, to be involved in film sessions, and just be a part of their program. So, yeah, lots and lots of people. Um, and then, obviously, the teammates that I've played with throughout throughout the years, they've also helped me, believe it or not. But, yeah. No, that's awesome, and that's really
1: cool to hear that. You know, everyone's really wrapped their arms around you, and it sounds like you're taking full advantage. So I think there's two really good lessons there. It's, you know, open up the, you know, help foster the next set of people coming in, but then also, you know, really just taking advantage of your opportunities, and it sounds like you have, which is awesome. So I think that's the perfect segue. Um, Looking at your work with swoosh training, uh, which just seems like an awesome program for kids um kind of of all levels to get to get them really going in basketball and helping them perform so can you tell us a little bit about your role there and what you've been up to
0: yeah sure um just to follow up on your previous question I've obviously left out multiple people but I hope no one gets um takes that personally there's so many people I can't yeah. mention them all but yeah, yeah um sure. So in terms of the Swoosh training stuff, um, at the moment I'm the head coach now since Joe having relocated to Auckland, although Swoosh is essentially anywhere. So it's not stuck in one place. So Joe's also taken the Swoosh training stuff with him to Auckland, which has been really cool. But right now my role is just head of player development. Um, We cater to all ages. We have many programs. Our first youngest program, I should say, is for – five-year-olds to 11-year-olds. So I head coach that. I also head coach our academy programs, development programs, high-performance programs, and any kind of team team trainings that we that we do on top of all that. So, yeah, I kind of just do it all in taranaki like at the moment.
1: Wow, that's pretty awesome. And so how is the basketball scene for those who maybe aren't as familiar? I mean, obviously, Aaron bailey now and some of the other big names that have come from there, and um, obviously, P.C., Uh, having signed on with the airs, but basketball and Taranaki, uh, would you just, would you mind touching on a little bit, just about kind of how that's looking at the moment um, and involvement and things like that?
0: Yeah. um, There's obviously a lot of, lot of good talented players here in Taranaki, which is like you said, I think um, under promoted, I guess, like people don't really know about it. Um, Well, I've been lucky enough to work with a lot of the players. So, for me, I feel like I'm more involved than most. Um, but, yeah, like you said, there's people like Aaron Bailey-Knoll. There's also people like Willie Banks who do their own academy type things, which is awesome. I uh, finally got given an opportunity to coach for Basketball Tarnaki this year. Um, so I haven't actually coached for them for the past two years. So this is my first year. And being involved with their rep program has been cool, although COVID affected that this year again. But, I mean, yeah, it's been good. Like, there's so many talented kids out there. We just need more coaches, I guess, to kind of look after them. But I'd say there's a lot. There's a lot going on here. Um, it's just slightly underutilized, but I think things are moving in the right direction for Basketball Taranaki at the moment.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. And so where would, uh, what are you going to be doing with them, the Basketball Taranaki coaching?
0: Oh, sorry, what am I going to be doing? Yeah, like
1: what you, like what ages do you know what you're going to be Oh, doing okay.
0: Right? Um, I'd say kind of like the player development stuff that I'm predominantly in is yeah. more the under 14, under 16 age group, I'd say. Uh, but at the moment I've been given the role of under 13 Taranaki boys, which kind of also means I work with the girls because Aaron is the coach of the girls. So it's been really cool. Um, it's a really cool age group. Um, they're in the early stages. So it's really fun to help them love the game and then teach them like the basics as well. So, At the moment, that's kind of where I'm at.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. And also congratulations on that. It sounds like it's well-deserved. And that's, you know, those kids are very lucky to have you there. And so it's something because, you know, Taranaki is a little bit smaller and not necessarily the Altland size, which isn't a bad thing. um, And that, you know, they have, Altland has so many different kind of niches that, you know, you can work with people on NBL level. You can work with them in high school. You can work with them at reps, but you may not always get to see them all the way through and it sounds like in Taranaki you've gotten to see some of these people develop um, into into these kind of things you know into better players
0: yeah definitely I think with anything if you stick around long enough you get to see it grow and see it thrive and see it develop so it's been really cool to be here now this is my third year Um, so a lot of these players when I first got here would have been in their first year of under 13s or potentially second so now they're moving up into the 15s age group so it's been really cool to see them developed through the ages and then still maintain that rep level quality of basketball and some might not some still have but regardless it's just cool to see them grow as people as well as basketball players so yeah it's been really really cool like I haven't had this opportunity yet I'd say because most most opportunities I've had I've kind of just come and gone and in Australia I just coached here and there for clubs I never really got to stick around so yeah it's been really cool to see them like literally grow as well so yeah it's really cool
1: yeah amazing that's awesome and so what would you say is like your coaching style because you see so many different kinds of players and different ages and you know boys girls all that um you know how do you kind of go from obviously not one coaching style works for everybody Mm -hmm. so how do you uh how, how are you able to kind of balance that um and you know help kids get the most out of you know what you
0: can bring Great question. Um yeah, so obviously there's like you said many mentors, many people who have influenced me as a person and a coach. Um and it's kind of taking the things that you really resonate with and believe in and then also adapting and finding your own style, which I feel is super important as a coach. Um I like to think I have my own style. Um obviously being a female alone that kind of helps you stand out. Um, But at the same time, you don't want to give off this misconception that you're a girl and, you know, people can you're not going to be strict, um, which I feel like I've done a pretty good job of maintaining some sense of authority. And, yeah, I like I like to work hard. I like players to work hard um, to achieve their goals. But I also believe that development should be fun, should also be challenging. Um, They should be learning things that are modern and that will help them succeed in any environment. I don't believe that we should be teaching kids what we think just works because we believe in it. I think we should prepare them uh, for the future so they can be successful in any team that they go to. So yeah,
1: yeah, hundred percent. That's a awesome answer. Um, especially just because you know they, especially if they do want to be looking at potentially playing not just in New Zealand, but you know if they want to go away to college or other things, they're going to see different situations. So it's really it's great that you guys are giving them that foundational set of skills. Yeah, um, you know before you have to move on. And so now thinking, aside from all this stuff, you've also had a lot of involvement with Hoop Nation.
0: Yes. And
1: so how is, yeah, talk a little bit about your experience there, eh? and just, um, yeah, those teams and how you've liked that.
0: Yeah, so Hoop Nation really, really cool. Um, everyone knows about it, I'm sure. Um, I was lucky enough to participate in the very first Hoop Nation ever. So I feel like I've been there, I've been around. So I have, like, it's part of me, kind of in a weird way, which was really, really cool for me. Um, but, yeah, with, our, with the Swoosh training stuff that we do, part of what we like to do is because we focus on player development, we also like to give the players a chance to play as a team, um, kind of just like our own little setup just to see if they work well together, give them an extra opportunity outside of their rep or their school programs. Um, yeah. yeah, so we've done that. This would have been our third year consecutively that we've taken teams. Um, and I've coached and played all three years. So it's been really cool. And then, yeah, Paul and Jess at Hope Nation gave me a really cool opportunity to go on the Melbourne tour, which was last year, I believe, before the COVID stuff kicked in. So that was really, really fun. That was my second time going on a tour overseas, um, with a basketball team and probably one of my favorite ones. It was just really well organized, uh, They did a great job of making sure the teams and the players were well looked after. Um, The brand was awesome. The style of play, like the culture behind Hoop Nation was just really great. Um, But yeah, it's just been fun. Yeah. I really enjoy um, participating in Hoop Nation and helping them in any way because they've given me opportunities. So I like to give back. Yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And so then it's kind of a cool nugget too that you were also a, you were a player and you were around for the very first one.
0: Yeah. Uh, so,
1: when you play and coach for that, how did you know that's a kind of like living a dream? A eh? just you know, again you know, you're around it all the time and you're fully immersed in it. Uh, I guess, how was your experience as a player playing in Hoop Nation? Yeah,
0: yeah, no, it's been fun. Um, when I first played, so the very first one, I think it was 2011 or 10. Um, I was just young. I was still in high school, so I enjoyed it. It was great. We entered into the women's grade, which I think is really cool for high school students to do. It's just to play up whenever they can. Um, So, yeah, that was cool. It was real hardcore, real nitty gritty. Um, It was in Wanganui in the little two-court stadium there. Yeah, so that was really, really fun for me. Um, Yeah, I think just it was just really, really cool that they offer so many different age groups to enter into like I said I played in the woman's grade that was fun for me and then you kind of just get to see other kids as well like thrive in that environment so I was like yeah this is cool this is cool for New Zealand it's cool for kids it's cool for adults it's yeah it's great it's a great opportunity for players to play and coach so yeah
1: Again, it's great to see, you know, Paul and KJ have really put their, you know, raise their hands and put their foot forward to create something that people really look forward to doing. um, That really encompasses, I think, a little bit of everything like basketball, the culture. And, you know, like you said, it just seems really well ran, well organized, and just it's just an awesome opportunity for everybody. So again, like shout out to them for doing um, all their great work and uh, just really making sure that everybody, you know, like the hype is real and there's a reason for that. yeah for sure shout out to Paul and KJ and Jess (laughs) yeah absolutely um so then going back to coaching putting your coaching hat on again for a second here you had a really cool opportunity last year through the basketball immersion uh internship and so can you tell us a little bit about that and what that entailed and how you got there
0: yeah so that's been really amazing for me personally uh the basketball immersion internship which is still ongoing has yeah just given me more insight into what really happens at a high level um for a really well-ran basketball institute i guess uh basketball immersion are the leading basketball teachers on the globe so it's been really cool to kind of have a behind the doors access to everything that they do and how it's run and the detail that goes into everything that they produce and that they do so yeah it's been great we actually have a really good relationship with chris oliver and Alex Sarama, who have been amazing in my personal coach development and swoosh as an association, as an organization, I should say, sorry. So yeah, we have a partnership with them and yeah, they've just really opened up their doors to me, which was great. I was really nervous at first. I was thinking, man, I'm so underqualified for this. I'm so not going to apply to basketball immersion, but they were just like, no, you're in, you're in. We, I went through the interview process like everybody else. Um, they interviewed me, they video called me, they asked about what I'd like to do and what I feel I'd offer, so it was real legit, it wasn't like they just handed it to me, I still had to apply and all that, so it was really, really cool, Um, and yeah, it's just, just been amazing, I've learned so much about film, about study, about content creation, uh, have had behind the scenes access to basketball teams practices all around the world, Um, so yeah, no, it's been, it's been a blessing, it's been really cool, I'm really thankful for that.
1: And then hopefully, you know, you'll, this is kind of starting to change. Hopefully we'll see more female coaches. I know like high performance sport, they've been putting forth some coaching things, you know, clinics and other kind of programs for people to, you know, for females to develop that, uh, which has been really awesome. But it almost seems like there's kind of like the imposter syndrome, a, um, you know, when you're not entirely, you know, do I stack up? But, you know, obviously um, I think the work that you guys are doing that you've done has been, you know, has definitely paid off. Thank you. Yeah. So, where, um, what kind of like, what other components do you guys have as part of that course, um, or as part of that internship? Do they like send you guys clips, or how do, can you walk us through a little bit of how it, how how it, how it kind of goes?
0: Yeah. So, I think in the beginning, it was we got s- split up into categories about what we would be um, responsible for. Um, some got some people, I should say, would be responsible for editing film some would be responsible for the social media content uh others would be responsible for helping edit the podcast and come up with ideas and questions and people to host etc cetera, etc cetera. um but they usually do all of that themselves and we kind of just help them help them uh, provide value so chris also got me to do extra work so that was really cool for me he'd be sending me clips saying hey can you watch this practice footage and clip it up into the best parts that you feel would help coaches understand, uh, pivoting, for example. And I'll watch a full practice video of him working with a team, chop it up into areas, uh, add subtitles, and then that would get them produced to their website. So stuff Mm -hmm. like that. Um, yeah, also, uh, terminology. So filtering through their website and adding, Keywords and their definitions. So that was something else that was really cool. So I got to essentially learn hundreds and hundreds of basketball words and their definitions um, overseas as well because a lot of their stuff is different to what we learn here in New Zealand. Um, I mean, it's the same, but it's said differently. So that was cool for me to learn different terminologies and different ways of teaching certain things like coverages on ball screens or what they call specific footwork, et cetera, et cetera. So kind of stuff like that, I'd say was the most, for the most part.
1: That's awesome. And so then, you know, like you said there, you mentioned something there that I thought was interesting. Just talking about how maybe it's called something different over here or other different styles of play. Um, when you're looking at Australia versus New Zealand, just talking about the style of play and the kind of brand of basketball at the moment, um, what are some of those differences that you saw you know, in the international, international styles versus what, you know, we have, in, what we have in uh, New Zealand?
0: Um, Yeah, so that's a very good question as well. Um, a lot of the stuff that they tend to do in the US is depending on the situation or the coach, but specific to the basketball immersion stuff, it was predominantly either Chris himself coaching or someone that came under their philosophy. So I was quite familiar with it anyway, but a lot of their stuff is concept-based, uh, decision-based and small-sided games-based. Whereas I think traditionally here in New Zealand, we focus on like drills and on-air and doing things a specific way because we believe it should be done that way. Whereas overseas, they kind of just get straight to it. They cut to the chase. It's live, it's decision-based, it's advantage-disadvantage, which I feel like we've definitely gotten better at here Um but yeah that, that's probably the main difference is it's a lot more live live teaching over there as opposed to on air yeah and that's kind of, and it's
1: nice too that you know you've been able to see that and hopefully and then have you been able to bring some of that back or some of that knowledge um you know to those kids that you're training
0: uh, yeah 100 percent. yeah um it's been awesome like the resources are endless. Um, I feel like you do also have to be mindful of that, though, when you're a coach because there's just so much information on the internet and you can get clouded and you can go down a road where it's like, okay, man, like I've learned like 600 different ways to teach a layup. What am, what am I doing? So um, it's been good to have specific content that's like along the lines of what we all, we're already doing, so player development and um, decision-based training. So yeah. the basketball immersion stuff just enhanced everything that we did, I guess what Chris likes to call it is getting rid of the fluff. So taking out all the stuff and practice and trainings that are unnecessary and just cutting to the chase and finding more game-like ways to teach things, um, which has been proven to show that there's more retention in doing that as well. And yeah.
1: Yeah. hundred percent. I think, ho- I think also hopefully that, you know, having those kids see that now and just having, being exposed to different styles that way, you know, they want to go over and play, you know, development and, you know, the AMBL or WMBL or possibly even, you know, college in the U S, you know, they will get to see a of those different things and they'll, you know, we get all ton of learn off each other, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, especially now. And so then you, something you talked about again was, you know, resources and stuff like that. And I wondering, so during COVID and, you know, different access to courts and things like that um, and just obviously ability to train, how have you utilized the best, you know, you know, the best of your situation as a coach um, and the kids that you're training to help them get, you know, stay ready for when you guys are able to play again.
0: Yeah. So COVID's not fun at all, but I feel that lockdowns <laughs> have happened and we've all had to deal with them. And I don't think we're any different than any other business or organization trying to adapt and find ways to keep uh, producing content or providing value through their services um we've really taken advantage of the zooms which everyone has (laughs) it's not a newsflash um but yeah we um did ball handling for the first two weeks consecutively so ball handling videos and this was open to anybody so anybody could join in it wasn't just just for our players it was for anyone um which was really cool another thing we've really taken the time use of our time is to do like film and edits and producing content for our website uh, Joe does an amazing job of film editing. It's still something I'm getting better at. Um, I do spend time on it and then just producing content for our social medias, sending videos to players, helping them grow while they're at home, I guess. Yeah.
1: Yeah, And that's, that's great. And I see you guys have a YouTube ta- uh, YouTube channel too, eh? Yeah.
0: Yep. Yeah. So Swoosh TV is our YouTube channel. Uh, at the moment we don't have a ton of content on there, but there is some really useful stuff still, still being produced. Um, but there's still some cool stuff on there if you want to have a look.
1: You know, I mean, I've, I've personally gotten and take a look at it. And it's really cool and educational. I, you know, a great foundational work. And it's great to say, too, that you guys are adding to the conversation, I guess, of development, even in lockdown. Um, and time, during a time where circumstances aren't necessarily permitting that people can actually, you know, do a full team training. Yeah. Um. So you promote a lot of... Uh, You know, just in a lot of it on your own social media page, too. Uh, What, you know, I guess why you said you alluded to it earlier, um, but why coaching? And, you know, why do you love doing what you do? Because you spend, you know, again, like on the Swiss training page and on your personal page, you spend a ton of time really fostering it seems like a really good environment and a really healthy one and one that's comfortable for everybody. Um so yeah, just talk a little bit about like like why coaching?
0: Yeah. Great question again. Um I feel like I've just naturally always enjoyed um helping other people. That sounds really corny, but it's true. Um my mum was a caregiver for a lot of her life and we always had uh, multiple different kids coming into our home. So we, we were like foster parents. Um, so I really resonated with like being around different types of kids a lot of the time, um, helping other kids. So it was either going to be teaching or coaching. And I got to a stage in my life where I was like, I'm really more passionate about the sport side of things. So maybe I'll be a sports coordinator or maybe I'll be a, a physio or something where I'm going to be able to interact with people and help people through sport and then it ended up being basketball so it wasn't really something I was like oh no I'm not going to do that because I really really love basketball. Um, yeah so I think also a big part of me was like well I grew up in a small town and with very little opportunities so basketball essentially gave me a life that I would have never had um, through anything else like we didn't have a lot of yeah resources or opportunities so basketball was the only reason I was actually able to travel New Zealand as a young as a young person and meet lots of people make new friends be involved in a team and a family and yeah I think I kind of just married the two together whereas like I like to teach and I like to help and how can I do that and I just chose basketball as my vehicle to do that so yeah I just feel like it's it's the perfect match and I just love it. I love helping people. I also like to be myself. I like to um, encourage fun, fun learning. I'm a fun person. So, yeah, I think you just got to keep it real as well. A lot of coaches, not a lot, but I'd say like more, than, more so than not, a lot of coaches are like real just like regimented, hardcore, like which is necessary. Right. And I do think you need to maintain that as well in your environments. But at the same time, like we're people. So we can be people and we can tell kids that it's okay to – have fun and learn that way as well so yeah
1: yeah and I think that's a great point too that you just brought up it's uh you know you guys are human and I like to think hopefully everyone knows that and that you are you know knows that that you guys are human first before you guys are coaches um but sometimes I think that you know at the end of the day the sport and you know, you know there's an end result and you guys end result and you guys want to win uh, but so but it's kind of a nice chip to have that. I saw something cool I was going through through your page on Instagram and I saw something about going to local courts and you having, you know, recalling how you were growing up and you would go out there and now you kind of get to do that. Um, and now you get to kind of bring kids and do a little bit, you know, kind of bring up what you, you know, like, implement what you used to have. Um, yeah. Um, and yeah, so how's that? i
0: don't know you're referring to, I, I post a lot, but um, yeah. yeah, so... Yeah. So it's like having a, like a safe place to go to where you can learn and have fun um, either by yourself or with other people. I mean, I wish I had someone like me when I was that age, cause I feel like I could have gone further than I did in my career, but that's all good. Um, yeah. Like basketball was really my, my place to just go to and just like release, release energy, like to, to feel good about myself, knowing I'm going to get better at something and it's just like so relatable. I feel like so many people can can want to play basketball and can play basketball, whether or not they're doing it like on a, like, like a career path or not. They're just doing it for fun. And for me, when I was younger, I never knew I was going to try to be pro. I just did it because I loved it. Like I was just like, yeah, this is fun. I'm getting good. Like I enjoy this. Um, so yeah, I feel like it's just come full circle. That makes sense. Like that was me. I was a kid. I went there and now I'm like, Hey, you guys, you come and now you get to hang out with me and I'm going to, like, yeah, it's just really cool. Like, I just think it's fun. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And that's really cool. And I think we, you know, we're seeing a lot of people in the game who, you know, were playing a lot of these legends who are now coming back and coaching and, you know, but everybody was that, that kid once or the one who first started out. And so it's really, it's nice to see, especially in a place like New Zealand, where it's very family oriented and very, you know, very culture and people around that, that, you know, people like people like you want to come back and, you know, kind of be that older mentor that people, you know, that you didn't necessarily get to have at the time. Yeah. So that's great. And so now thinking about basketball in New Zealand at the moment, obviously there's, and I'm going to, this time, I guess, a bit of a two-parter. Um, where do you, what do you think of the state of the game in general is and where we're at right now? Um, and I guess part two to that, looking at the draws game specifically. Um, And how, how do you think that, how that's doing from your perspective?
0: Okay. Um, Yeah, I think that we're on the right track. Um, I do think that basketball more so than ever is more participated in. Uh, It's a more desirable sport than it's ever been before, which is great. Um, I think that a lot more girls are starting to realize that, Hey, I can actually, I can actually play basketball. I don't need to, resort to netball or any other specific sport like I feel like there's been a stigma around that for such a long time I was lucky enough to never have any issues with that like I played soccer and then I chose basketball and then basketball yeah. is just like so much fun so I feel like we're doing a good job so far of like promoting it um I think more than ever I've, I've noticed a change in the way we're promoting it like Instagram social media, yeah. Facebook all that stuff I'm seeing it more now than I've ever seen it before like whether that's just the posts or videos or yeah it's just been it's just been cool to see like them take on the modern the modern ideas that actually work to promote basketball as opposed to just relying on like radio or news or stuff like that so it's been cool because like kids are attracted to what they know and what they're familiar with so like TikTok, Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook. Yeah. So I think that we're doing a good job of that. Also, getting into the schools, which I think has been big time for New Zealand. I've seen that a lot more than ever. Uh, we, we've we been doing that here in Taranaki for a few years, which has been great. It's been big time. And you realise that there's so many kids out there that want to play basketball, but just don't know how or don't know where to go or don't know who to talk to. So, yeah, I think we're slowly we're slowly heading in the right direction. Um, participation... At the at the youth and the kid level being obviously the main focus um but also promoting the women's game like how good was it that the tall friends games all got aired on tv for once like that was amazing on like, TV that was awesome yeah, like that's that's like revolutionary like yeah so i think i think we are we are definitely heading in the right direction and looking at Taranaki
1: because obviously they have the d-league team and they've done some Nice development stuff with the girls, um, but how is that landscape looking at the moment? Because I feel like that's a that's an area that's overlooked, but yet there's, you know, Caitlin O'Connell's of the world and things like that, um, that, you know, are no doubt going to become really good one day.
0: Yeah. Um, I think it's, it's cool that we do have the D-League. I feel like there is a definite need for it. Um, I think there's a definite need for second divisions in any sport. Um, and it's good for... For our kids that we coach to kind of say well hey look you know there is something to look forward to in your own region as well because I feel like for the longest time we've kind of just been like yeah you get good and then off you go you go somewhere else you go to Auckland you go to Wellington you go to Australia you go overseas which ideally is what happens anyway long term but it's cool to just have that that home feeling like I feel like You know, we have the Mountaineers for so long and they're so admired and looked up to, but it's good to kind of finally have, I think, like the women's side of it, um, which is definitely developing. I wouldn't say it's where it needs to be, but we're on the right track. Um, But, yeah, it's going good. Yeah, yeah, no, it seems like
1: there's some really cool players coming through and it's a great, you know, a great region. Like you said, the heirs have been there, but it's a nice emerging place for the girls and especially with the participation for girls, you know, soaring more than it has we've ever seen it before is like you said it's nice to have something to look forward to in your own region and that you don't necessarily have to live in Auckland or a a Christchurch or some of those other bigger cities you know in order to have those opportunities so I think that's really awesome that those are there
0: yeah yeah definitely there's still work that needs to be done but it's definitely going in the right direction
1: yeah and I think for so many years and like you said, having tall ferns on TV was revolutionary. And so now being able to, we're starting to see some of those changes. And I think we're just starting, I think we're just at the starting of that at the start of that. So that's going to be really cool. So yeah. looking forward, what advice would you have for coaches um, who are trying, you know, coaching at the youth level and cause like you said, like we said before, like the youth participation is such a large area um, and trying to get kids in. So I guess what, what would, what would your advice be? if you're going to start coaching then?
0: That's a great question. I would personally say just always find ways to get better and to learn and to grow. Like don't, don't assume you know anything. Don't assume you know everything and just always be learning. Like find someone that you look up to that's a mentor. And I'm not saying everything that they do is what you're going to do, but you will find things I like to call them little gems that you'll take from people and you'll collect them. And then you find your own, your own style. Um, Another thing I would definitely say is to do like you have to coach if you want to get good at coaching, like you've got to put the reps in. And if you're not sure who to go to just find people like I'm extremely approachable. Um, I like to offer as many opportunities as possible to coaches that want to learn. So what we do as well is we, we say, Hey, do you want to come and help with a session or would you like to, a shadow coach for this session or would you like to lead the session so I, I think there's opportunities out there but definitely learn as much as possible like I feel like I've studied a lot I've watched a lot I've um, copied a lot which is what we all do as coaches is we copy other people we take what we find useful and we do that but then yeah just do like you've got to put in reps if you want to get good at anything so yeah
1: yeah and that's that's awesome and I love that and I love the Analogy of the time collecting those gems and putting those into a box and kind of making that your own. I love that. That's awesome. So, going off of that real quick, and you know, knowing, like you said, you're always learning. Um, something that you mentioned earlier, I think would be really cool to touch on is your time with the Franklin Bulls um, and learning from them and having those av- availability to go to those sessions. So, what have you learned from them um, and how has that experience been for you?
0: Yeah, it's been. It's been First of all, it's been great. It's been great to have the opportunity. It's not every day that you just get invited in um, to an NBL team club and yeah. being asked to be a part of it. So I've been there since the first year, the first season, which was really yeah. cool to see them kind of develop and find their identity and promote that. And I think they've done a really good job of doing that. Like you kind of already have a sense of who the Franklin Bulls are, although they're yeah. still early in, in their stages as a team and they're still working that out. But yeah, I've I've learned heaps. Like definitely learnt a lot. Um, right now they have Morgan Maskell as the head coach. Yeah. Um, I've learned a lot from him, which has been cool because I didn't know I didn't know Morgan well before being involved with the Bulls. He was the assistant coach last season. Yeah. So I got to attend quite a few of their training practices when I was up in Auckland. Uh, and depending on who the coaching staff was at the time, there were some situations where coaches weren't available. So the head coach wasn't there and um, they were away on tournaments, etc., etc. et, cetera, et cetera. So I actually got to coach at some of their training sessions. So Morgan was really, really inviting and we helped come up with a session plan and he actually let me lead some of the drills. So that was really cool. I uh, learned a lot through that. Uh, the most recent season as well, they invited me to a lot of their film sessions, which has been really cool. Their scouting process and how they go about that um yeah so it's been it's really been really cool um to be involved at a professional level and a team that's uh welcoming i guess and helping others develop regardless of where they're from because i'm not even from there (laughs) but yeah it's been cool yeah
1: awesome well yeah shout out margie maskell uh shout out Franklin bulls too just for doing some some awesome stuff and looking forward to seeing them again take the court next season and yeah they got some great stuff going on and definitely stuff to watch out for and so with all that going on you have those mentors and again learning all the time what are some of the goals that you have for yourself moving forward
0: Ooh, that's a great question i like ask myself that all the time um i literally got asked it last week by someone else i think it was joe um yeah i just want to keep getting better like i don't want to stay stagnant now that doesn't mean i don't want to no longer be a development coach I really love the space I'm in I'm really thankful um, I feel like you can get better at anything you're doing so I feel like I could literally keep getting better at what I'm currently doing but I do yeah. think it's necessary to have goals to reach for and to aspire for greater things um, I would really love to coach at the national level uh, whether that be an age group team or hopefully potentially the Tor Blacks or the Tor Fins. I think that's something that's um achievable and I'd like to build towards that I've been really lucky to get invited to a few New Zealand camps so I've been went to the most recent under 14 development camp which quite a few of the kids from here went to so it was really cool to see them like go up against other kids from the nation which definitely helps us um as swoosh see where we're at and what we're doing and yes this is working and okay we need to get better here or okay we're on the right track which has been pretty cool I've also been invited to coach at the under 15 regional camp that's coming up. So, yeah, that's that's awesome. that's news. Yeah, I got invited to that. So, I'll actually be taking the floor and coaching there alongside some great female New Zealand coaches. So, yeah, I think that's probably one of my goals at the moment is to get to that national level um, at some stage. That's right. And so, Maybe. what, yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, and so some of like being able to stand alongside, alongside of those, alongside those, those coaches. And mostly basketball in New Zealand has heaps of different coaches involved, you know, Jody Cameron, Justin Reed, Mel Downer to, you know, to some, to an extent, how has that been for you? Um, and talking about being everything coming full circle, you know, someone who is small town and now coming up next to, you know, coaching us legends, uh, what does that mean to you?
0: You yeah, know, it's cool. It's, it's great. Um, I think it just goes to show that you can put in the work and you can be successful in any area in life. And I'm only in the early stages. I've been coaching now full-time for three years, but done stuff before that. And I'm already at a stage where I'm like, yeah, I can do this. Uh, This is is what I want to do. This is what I want to be successful at. And then, like you said, to coach alongside some of New Zealand's top-level coaches is just really – it's a really cool thing to be – to be a part of like, this is where I'm at. So yeah, I just hope to keep growing from here and keep moving forward, keep moving up, keep learning, keep developing. So yeah, it's really cool. That's great it's to achievable hear. It's And yeah. it's doable. So. Yeah. And I think that's a really cool example too,
1: to show not only just other girls in the sport, but also coaches. And this goes for anybody um, that, you know what, this is doable. Like you can do this. If you, like you said, you put the reps in, you put the work in. I think you're a really great example of that, um, and I feel a lot of people in New Zealand are. They just kind of they put their head down and they do it well, and they like what they do. And that's something I think too. Just coming from the states, myself, like some people they do it. Some people do it for money. Some people do it because they love it. But in New Zealand, they genuinely do it because they love it. And I think that I don't know. Just for me, I think that's really cool. Yeah. Um. So part of uh. So part of this coach's corner, um, we've actually had. Uh, we actually try and have coaches send in questions uh, to ask you guys to hear what you have to say. Okay. So I've got a couple of questions here from Lou Murphy. Um, oh, expected,
0: expected.
1: Up <laughs> an uh Auckland. So the first one is she would, she would like to ask you, if you are down by three points in the fourth quarter and you only have one timeout left to try and get into overtime, what would you tell your athletes?
0: Pass it to Lou. was that actually a serious question though yeah okay Lou you got me with that one so down three in the fourth quarter one timeout left what would I tell my athletes we are trying to get it to a shooter and we are going to do that in the ways that we've learned how to do that so we are going to get into actions and we're going to find a way to get her the ball I'm assuming it's a women's team, right? We got to assume. Yeah. Yeah. We'll do that. But yeah. Nice. A fallouts fails. Pass it to Lou. She can hit. (laughs) She can hit threes. All of New Zealand
1: is now on watch for that. Love it. All right. So the second one is what, thinking a little bit outside of the court wise during lockdown and things like that, what have you done to keep in touch with your athletes uh, when you guys couldn't be
0: as a group? Oh, yeah, cool. So social media definitely is a blessing. I spend a lot of time on there. Uh, yeah, so just in players' um, messages, sending them content. I like to send players a lot of uh, film. I believe that watching film was important at any age. Now, that's not to say they have to study it the way that I study it but I'll just send them clips of examples of specific moves or specific actions being used triggers and saying hey look this is what we worked on this is how you could get better at it Um, another cool thing that I've started to do with our players is get them to draw things on the board so to draw actions which I think is a really cool way to learn is to visualize it because like you've got to understand that all your players learning styles are different Um, so yeah, that's been really cool. Um, getting players to send videos of themselves doing specific things. Like we had like challenges or one minute drills where they had to record their score to prove that they got a specific score, which I think has been cool. But yeah, just mainly just on social media, interacting with them, tagging them in posts. Every time we do a lockdown, I like to expose all of our players for taking unnecessary selfies on my phone. So that's one thing I do. (laughs) My phone is full of selfies. I tell you yeah well that's
1: yeah so we all know which one is sam's um <laughs> but that's, yeah. i mean that would like, a really cool relationship with you though uh between you and your players but yep definitely coming at you uh during that downtime that's what that's really funny actually <laughs> um so now just in we're gonna close this one out but before we do just a couple of rapid fire questions uh to get to know you a little bit more off the court sure so the first one is favorite food if you could travel anywhere to play basketball, where would you go? And your favorite pair of basketball shoes to play in.
0: Ooh, favorite food. Um, I love Mexican food. Yep. Yeah. Or curry. Mexican food or curry. I like both. Uh, place in the world to go to to play basketball? Yep. Oh, that's a good question. I'd probably love to go to Europe. I've never been, I feel like the basketball there's thriving. They've got amazing courts. So Europe yeah. and my favorite basketball pair shoes to ever play in were and still are Kobe's. Nice. A classic. All right.
1: Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks again so much, Sam, for jumping on the pod and, you know, really getting to share and sharing your story and your journey with us. And yeah, it was great hearing from you. And we look forward to seeing what you do next.
0: No, you're welcome. It's been it's been really cool. It's been really fun. I've enjoyed the questions. I've enjoyed talking to someone like yourself. It's not every day we get to do this. So I feel like it's something we should do more often. Like, why do we have to wait for a podcast? Like let's just call and talk, you know? Like Yeah yeah. Absolutely. (laughs) So no, it's been great. I love sharing the game. Um, I love sharing what I like to think I know so far. But yeah, no, it's been cool. I'm really, really thankful you guys have offered to put me on. So
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you, and we'll talk soon. Awesome. Looking forward to it.